Hey folks, this is Natalie the Nag doing our first ever podcast. Uh, just for those who don't know me, I'm a personal trainer. I've been practicing as a personal trainer for I think nearly 10 years, top of my head. And since, uh, say, last year, I went to decide to go fully self-employed. And since uh, lockdown, I've just been continuing to build a business, still helping get people fit and healthy. And in the meantime, because I've become so busy, I've decided I want to take on a business partner with me. So I'm just going to introduce you to Kate, my training buddy. Say hi, Kate. Hi. <laughs> uh, so, Kate, if you just give them a bit of an insight, like uh, what you're doing now so you'll be able to work with me, that'd be great. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah, so as Nat says, I've literally just started um, my PT qualification. So starting with a level two fitness, literally just been doing it for a couple of weeks. Um, Prior to that, I worked as a lawyer for about 10 years. So complete and total U-turn, but having worked with Nat on her business, um, sort of helping her out when she went self-employed, you know, with her marketing and Facebook and stuff like that, I've now moved into thinking, yep, I'll give it a go myself. Awesome. And the the reason I've chose Kate to work with me, we've been training together for what? I was trying to work this out the other day. How long have been training together? Well, it wasn't long after I moved up here. So we've got to be about five, five, mm. six years? Five years? Five years. Possibly. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. I basically, what's the word? I groomed Kate. <laughs> <laughs> so... I did your first plan into the gym. I was going to say, in, in those early days when I ventured into the gym and was nervous as hell yeah. to approach Natalie and say, please, can you run me a programme? And look what's <laughs> happened now. Now you're a massive lad and outlifting me. Like, literally, guys, she's like a year younger than my mum. And she out, she just smashes me on, like, squats and presses. I'll always out deadlift and pull up her, but she'll always yeah. out-press me. Yeah. But we push each other, don't we, on them bits, even the ones yeah. we week at. I think it's having that, that bit of competition as well, isn't it? Mm. It's thinking, well, I can do as good as you, or yeah. I can do a bit better than definitely. you. Definitely. Yeah, and healthy we, competition. Yeah, and we definitely don't see age as, a, as an issue at all. Like, if Kate's no. 80-odd and I'm 60-odd, it, does, it doesn't matter to you us. You do remind me of it occasionally. But, I do, yeah, yeah, I try to. <laughs> <laughs> Put you in your place. When I have a hot flush during a, during yeah. a lift, then, you know. <laughs> well, don't worry, when I'm, when I'm your age, <laughs> you can take the piss out of me. Yeah, when I'm, when I'm over the other side and we're... Yeah. Yeah, and I'm moaning about oh why is my abs like this why why am I so hot <laughs> so today for our first podcast we decided to talk about basically shit we have done to try lose weight or get healthier uh, as I think people think people in the gym are perfect and never diet or never have to diet uh, but prior to being qualified and actually freshly qualified even I've done some questionable ways to try lose weight or get healthier thinking it was all right because I didn't understand about how to look at research, look at studies, what's a legit study, what isn't. And that's the problem now with the internet. There's so much information on there. I get clients who are struggling to filter out what's bullshit and what's actually legit. Would you agree with that, Kate? Oh, definitely, yeah. I think, it, I think it's, all, it's all just confusing. I think there's yeah. just too much information out there and people don't know which to go to. And I think it's very easy for people to straight away pick what What's, they think is the simplest or the easiest way rather than the right way mm. which is going to take them a lot longer and people always naturally gravitate to yeah. the easiest way to do it I'd say it reminds me of looking at a menu when you go for something to eat now you've got two extremes you've got me who wants to eat everything because I like everything so I find it very difficult to make that choice because as humans we don't want to make the wrong choice or best another mm. example is Netflix. How long does it take you to like, pick a film on Netflix or Disney Plus or whatever? Mm. And you're there like half an hour later. It's because you don't want to make the wrong choice. And I think that's why sometimes 
people might make a choice a bit hastily, uh, hastily, yeah. sorry. Or sometimes don't even make a choice at yeah. all. Because they're just like, it's too like, much. Oh, it's just too confusing. Yeah. Like, there's too much to think about. I yeah. can't do it. And then don't do it at all. And then similar to like I said about looking at a menu, because I like so much on there, and because I'm worried about trying something different to making the wrong choice, even I'm not fussy, I'll just initially go and pick the same thing a lot of the time, mm. which I think happens a lot with diets. Like yeah. my family members... They will go back to a diet because it works for them. Because all mm. diets work. They're all calorie deficits. They're all yeah. definitely going to work. But they'll go to the one that they think they were most successful with. Successful with. Whereas when you go yes. to a restaurant, you're going to pick the meal. You know, it's never gone wrong. It always comes out. It's always what you expect. You always enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Whether you pick something out, you think, shit, I've made the wrong choice. Yeah. Or I suppose using the, the meal analogy, it's like if someone else has done... I don't know, Slimming World or similar, yeah. and they've lost the weight, they've seen that and thought, well, okay, great, it works, that's what I'm going to do. Yeah. Same with when you, I don't know if you do that when you sit in a restaurant and you pick something on a menu and then you see someone else's food come out and you're yes. like, shit, I wish I'd picked that. Yes, so absolutely. Kind of a bit like that. Someone yeah. else did it, it worked, they, but they don't see yeah. behind the scenes yeah. or even like the, the pro- long term. Yeah, the progress of it yeah. and what um, what process they've gone through, yeah. absolutely. Mm. It's quite like that, <laughs> with yeah. the meal coming out. I do yeah. like to stare at people's food when it comes out. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I'll have that one. Yeah. <laughs> or I'll look at the PDF before I arrive at the restaurant to save the stress. <laughs> yeah. So, Which is probably what you should do with a diet. Yes, absolutely. Research it yeah, first. research look it first. Might be the best yeah, one. look at the reviews. <laughs> Where's yeah. like PT and you look at the progress pictures, look at reviews. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. There we go. So, I'm going to kick That's off. That's a good analogy for people. Isn't yeah, it? I like that. We'll save that. <laughs> so, my first one I'm going to bring up I've actually done bullet coffee. Mm. <laughs> Those who did not bullet coffee, it's literally black coffee with fats and like butter and coconut oil. The reason I took that. It wasn't initially for fat loss. Me and a colleague did it at work. And this is back when I was still a freshly qualified PT. Now, people go, why did you take that back then? Because right now, people who know me as a PT will know, be like, what the F are you doing? I did it, one, because we were experimenting on ways of enhancing our workouts to see if it'll actually push me more. Because the idea of fat is great for instance, energy, caffeine is. So apparently combining them seemed to be a great idea that i think that's where it come from and also from a fat loss point of view apparently enhances the metabolism because of a little study but again the study wasn't the greatest study it wasn't uh it didn't have the gold standard of studies where a study is study is that a meta-analysis meta-analysis it is, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah meta-analysis study of a study study of a study so you know you want the gold standard if you're looking at studies guys that's what you want to look at so don't just read one and read one paragraph you've got to do the actual research analysis, it is isn't it yeah. i think it is we'll double check that <laughs> if anyone else figures we're wrong saying that please let us know uh so yeah i did that how successful was it um it was more when we were on the early shift so i'd finish at two o'clock and everyone knows you go into a bit of a, a bit of a lull a bit of a down you're tired you're shattered you've been up since half past five and yeah i personally i don't think it was any difference i didn't feel any much more energy the, the best way i it tasted I'd, awful as well uh, yeah, we ca- we tried to make out it was wonderful, but it wasn't. <laughs> we just kind of chugged it down and hoped for the best. Um, but in the end, yeah, we stopped doing it after a couple of weeks. Like, we used to do it every other week on an early shift. We wouldn't do it on a late. 
And I just we just discovered normal caffeine on its own. Black coffee mm. is great about an hour before workout, guys. So save your money on putting your fats in there. Save on your and pre-workout. And save several hundred calories. And save several hundred <laughs> calories. And that's the thing. It's just exactly what Kate said there. Me and Carl did not click about the equator of how many calories are in that coffee. And we're trying to enhance our workouts. Which, yeah, from an energy point of view, probably brilliant for trying to do that. But mm. I didn't notice any difference personally. And per- I, I think the reason I struggled with my workouts back then was because of shift work and not having adequate sleep. I just neglected mm. my sleep completely. Yeah. I'll let you pick one, Kate, that you've done. Um, mine were probably years ago, I think. Um, I did the usual of cutting out carbs. Yeah. Um, just because you, well, I think then you go, you were always sort of told that that's, you know, carbs make you yeah. fat. What sort of carbs did you cut out? Like what type of I foods? I think I tried to cut out your, your base, you know, your sort of bread, yeah. pasta, um, you know your cakes and biscuits and that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't last long because you just can't. Well, you can't live without a pasta no. or a sandwich or a you know whatever. Can you say so just no? It just doesn't work. And then um, the other thing I did was um, taking. I think they were called Adios tablets. Mm. You could just buy them. I think you probably still can. You just buy them in Boots or wherever. Um, no idea what they're even made of, but they're supposed to help you lose weight. Mm. That and raspberry ketones yeah they were quite easily accessible and fairly cheap yeah um but what's interesting about all of that is that at not any point did i really pay attention to what i was eating or yeah. whether i could change that it was all about it was a quick fix yeah i, I mean i've never done slimming world or anything like no. that but it was quite clearly a quick fix yeah I just buy these and take these nothing else needs to change and hopefully it'll give me the results but of course no it doesn't and actually, what's even sadder about all of that is I don't think at any point I was ever overweight yeah. or needed to even lose. Yeah. What you made know, you I want mean, to do it then? I don't know. I think you, you go through that sort of period of just feeling a bit self-conscious and things, you know, your body just doesn't look quite how you'd want it to. Mm. And I think a lot of that is probably to do with what you see what, in magazines and what's TV expected and of a like woman that. almost yeah, especially exactly, yeah. that pressure the sort of i want a flat i want a flat stomach you yeah know, and thinking that you know when you sit here and create a couple of rolls <laughs> which we all that, do yeah even suddenly think oh that you know oh what was it um when you were younger pinch an inch if you could pinch more than an inch yes i remember that's that just occurred to me oh that. my god yes then, then you yeah then you needed to do something about it Oh, it's terrible, isn't it? And even because, if you're lean, you can probably still yeah. do that. Oh, I can, yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you've had children as well, or you're a certain age, your skin's more elastic. Yes. As well, so... Yeah. that's my, God, I forgot about that one. Yeah. Yeah. I've got can you pinch that. an inch? I wonder who came up with that. I think it might have been advertising something. Yeah, I oh think it was. It was a product, wasn't it? By the way, a meta-analysis is a analysis that combines the results of multiple scientific studies. Yeah. There you go. We yeah, right. so you're right. Yeah. Meta-analysis, guys. There you go. Yeah. So, so you it brings me- together everything. Yeah. So if you're doing research on something that says this is a great way to lose fat, check it's been studied yeah. and studied. That's what you want to look at. If you've just seen one and can't see much else on it. Or if you see a study that doesn't have any references. Yes. Yeah. Then that might yeah. be a, I guess a, bit of a apply, red flag. Possibly, yes. Is it? It's like the applied nutrition course I'm doing at the moment with uh, through the Advanced Coaching Academy. There you basically at the bottom of the each sec <coughs> excuse me. Each section have um references all at the bottom so the yeah that is normally a good sign as well but even check those references if you think it's not yeah. from a legit uh, source as well it was special k 
Special K? Yeah. What, for pinch an inch? Yeah. No way. It's more than an inch. See, that their symbol was... 1984. 84? Jesus. <laughs> to be fair, though, that's really? when... I think a little bit before that is when Diet Pills and everything became big as well. Yeah. And what's scary is, I need to have a look at it, but Diet Pills, they weren't initially for diets or losing fat... Or fat it's either Diet Pills or Fat Burners, I can't remember. But there was a study yeah. I read, and they weren't initially for fat loss. They were initially for to treat something else. But people actually had major side effects, I think, from some of them. I can't remember what it is, top of my head. I'll have to look at it again. Mm. Um, but they weren't very nice effects, and they're still being approved and sold, which really pees me off, or given out yeah. as prescription instead of looking at the diet, because they don't work without the calorie deficit. That, that's no, what, what, that, that's what I don't get. Them, they? Yeah. I think some of them are appetite suppressants. I think it's the other yeah. one as well that I normally see. But, you know, like green, normally it's because it's got green tea and caffeine in. So basically have yes. a cup of coffee. Like if I've got clients who have got their, their appetite is really high, like their ghrelin, their hunger hormone is really high, or their leptin, which is their, it's the hormone that tells you you're full. Sometimes after years and years of being overweight or carrying too much body fat becomes muted, those signals. Um, I'm not saying it's an efficient tactic. It just depends. So I even make sure they're adequately hydrated. They're spreading their meals out, having adequate protein. And I might even suggest to them if they like caffeine, as long as they're not like got an addiction. I say addiction, they overconsume caffeine and they're struggling mm. with sleep. I will suggest like having a coffee mid morning or a glass of water instead, yeah. uh, just as a tactic, as a tool to help with their appetite. Because sometimes it's just having something in your hand as well. But that's basically what's in, I'm sure that's what's in um, appetite suppressants. So save your money and have a cup of quite a coffee, coffee yeah. I'm quite honest with you. But you don't be drinking black coffee all day, so don't everyone be like, no. I'm on five cups of coffee a day and it's not working. You drink your water yeah. first. Yeah, always hydrate. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> uh, other ca- methods. Is, it, no is it caffeine before a workout one that I heard is supposed yeah. to burn more fat? Apparently so, but it's very, very... It's not a lot, it's very minute. And again, it's so individual, so, so individual. It's the thing what I think people are learning to understand now that you know, when it comes to, like, say, someone's calories, it's different to every person. Like, every client I work, their calories are all protein. It's going to come out different because mm. their activity level is different. They're male or female. They're menopausal or they're not menopausal. Um, or it's a younger male or it's an older male or they've got diabetes or they've got some yeah. sort of, some form of a, a medical condition that can affect them. Uh, or it's a lady who's had a hysterectomy so they've had a surgical menopause and they might be that they're young and still think that their calories are going to be the same previously and they won't mm. be right now. Um, so this is what I'm saying, you know, with what we're explaining with the diets and stuff we've tried. The problem is they think they're selling it as like almost like a cookie cut sort of yes. thing, like, you know, which you see sadly in, in the fitness industry as well, not just mm. in the diet industry. You see PTs, cookie cutting programs, uh, diet plans, which they shouldn't be doing because they're not dietricians. That's why I don't no. like diet plans. I'm but not they a want, dietrician. They probably want their, I'm guessing they want their clients to get results fairly quick. Yeah, and I understand that which, because it's for marketing and I get yeah. that, you know, that's that's their job. But yeah, I can't do that. <laughs> no, no, I guess bottom line is, is you can lose fat can't you in a very short space of time yeah. if you desperately need to but it's not it's just not sustainable you have to. yeah if they don't show the Medical results wise, then yeah. it's not, and if they're not showing results not like work. when they like say a year later and they've not sustained yeah. it i'm disappointed when that happens like if, I, if i've got clients who say lost like done really well losing body fat changed the lifestyle and then they it absolutely reverses so it's, it could not even be my fault but i feel mm. bad because i think if i equipped them enough 
to understand yes. that knowledge yeah. because I want to teach that yeah. and not have to worry about them regaining or losing what they've gained from it should we say hmm. if they're like they get like that but then they're like actually no, I know what I'm doing they send what they're doing then that's fine I'm okay with that because that means right I've educated you to do that that's and how right. to teaching, that, teaching them the skills that they can carry on yeah. with throughout the rest of their life really and absolutely when they you know when we do put on a bit of weight over Christmas which it's I normal most people do then, yeah have you done Christmas then everyone, yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> then everyone knows how to kind of yeah reverse that if you like absolutely so another method i've tried i've done this with my nan so i've done weight watching meals like you know the frozen meals you can buy and they were Mm. and they're cheap back when we used to buy them i don't know how much they are now but they're obviously like these really tiny meals to be fair they tasted nice i'm not going to diss them on that you know it was actually really nice it's like the chicken hot pot um is it just a small portion then they are quite quite small portions yeah i can't remember the the calories by reducing yeah yeah and uh, but which to be fair would work if you just oh, lived yeah, off yeah. those meals and had three of them a day it would keep you in a calorie deficit to be honest with you I'm not saying it's specifically weight watch work it's the system how they've done it so if you didn't, couldn't be arse track because you've got a busy lifestyle mm-hmm. and you had to buy ready made meals but the only thing with ready made meals they could be out by 20% because that's the law I think still for putting calories down on a packaging I think it has to be within a 20% oh, right. okay um, accuracy, something like that. So it's twenty percent a lot, you know. It's the same with a Fitbit, for example. I think they're out again. It could be twenty percent over or under on your heart rate uh, and your calories out. That's why we would suggest with my Fitness Pal or Fitbit or Garmin's, whatever. Do not eat your calories what you burn off, which a lot of people don't. Oh, I've had actually yeah. a friend do that, and they said they would tell me they were putting weight on and body fat on the trousers getting tight. I said are you eating the calories out? And he's like, yeah, you can do that quite. It's like, no, because it's not mm. accurate. But living proof, they gained a lot of body fat doing that. And as soon oh, as yeah. he stopped doing that, they actually did lose the body fat and got fitted back in their trousers. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the Weight watch meals, the reason I did the Weight watch meals with my nan is because we were probably going on holiday, more likely, or... Yeah what I used to do in my family because we are like very social when it came to food and drink you know we're a very indulgent family <laughs> because it brought everyone together food and drink does it's very social well, it's, isn't yeah, it yeah always does yeah. isn't it and they do say the science the more of you there are the more likely you are to eat more or drink more but in a bigger group it's like that sense of belonging that tribal yeah. thing yeah. and that's what it is and we do we did get competitive a little bit when we'd eat out so me and my brother and notorious being very big eaters uh, so if there was people struggling to eat their food, we would finish it You'd for finish them. It, yeah. yeah. Uh, no matter what weight or however fit mm. I was at the time or not fit, I would easily, you know, do that. Um, so sometimes we do. I'd even do things like I'd have like a, a slim fast shake and a round of toast in the morning. Me and my nan might train or do a bit of exercise or go walking because um, we both thought that was right we both thought that was okay this is yeah. before I was actually qualified mm. and then we'd absolutely gorge ourselves at the Chinese we used to go yeah. um, you know we'd over, way over consume we'd probably actually had as week of calories mm. <laughs> doing that in one night when people say to me I hardly eat in the week I get where they're coming from because I've done that on purpose because I know I'm going to indulge massively on the weekend yeah. I, I think I've done that you, you basically save your calories mm. yeah your but you probably out. Because you've like cut everything out that you enjoy, you just massively overconsume on the oh, weekend. Yeah. I mean, alcohol. I mean, some weekends, I would not be shocked if I hit over the 10,000 mark over a period of two to three days. Mm. And food as well, because I like both uh, back then. Uh, you know, you'd go on a night out, 
before now i tell you to have pizza to soak up the booze then yep. you drink all the booze and then you go then for you a takeaway after in the morning and, and then, then you, you have your, your fry up or your could, whatever and you can't be then you're too hungover to do any exercise yeah exactly <laughs> so and then you've got to start all over again on monday yeah. to undo the work as you say it starts on monday yeah and then that's something else <laughs> i've done i've deliberately exercised just to burn things off which is not a great mindset to be in constantly because no. that's like self-punishment that is you know and if we're yeah. always in that mindset i've got to burn it off we, I mean, I might joke after I kind of be, oh, I'm going to burn this off, but I don't mean it that way. Yeah, I like yeah. training because I like being strong. And I just like moving. Yeah, same here. Um, but I I'm sure we're all guilty of that. Yeah, I think even even now, I'm not going to lie, there's probably times when I've done an extra hit session yeah. at home or something else thinking, well, actually, I probably did have a, quite an indulgent weekend. So yeah, I'll so just try to expel your energy out. And, you know, yeah. yeah, I'm probably still a little bit guilty of that and... Yeah, I, are, I don't think it's wrong all the time to do that. Because I think yeah, you're not. I, I think guilty is the wrong word. I shouldn't use the word guilty either. Should I? Um, um, you feel like you've got to. What's the word? It's like when you track Friday to Friday, don't you? But usually when you do your yeah. calories, because you know then you, what you've got left for the week. Yeah. So you know the damage has been done. Well, exactly. Yeah. Because <laughs> quite simply, I'll I'll consume more calories yeah. over a weekend than I would in the week. Yeah. Um, well, to be fair, if you do the hit stuff, do you actually enjoy it though when you do it? I don't it? actually. No. No, because, it, yeah, I'm just not doing it for the right reasons. Yeah. I'm doing it for the sake of it rather than something I enjoy. Yeah. Whereas, you know, doing your other classes, your your boxer size or whatever yeah. and things like that are things I enjoy and I don't do for any other reason than that. And obviously yeah. know that you're, you know, going to get a bit fitter for it. Yeah, that's it. It's a bit more skillful, isn't it? Like, yeah, you're um, actually learning something. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. If you're going to go a class... I mean, if you, again, if you go like a fitness class just to lose body fat, and that's all the reason you're going, I tell you now, after so much time, because you just focus on that, not your health, not your fitness, mm. eventually you'll just give up. Because losing body fat yeah. or the other way around, gaining muscle tissue, is painfully freaking slow. Mm. And seeing differences is painfully slow. When you see these mega transformations, this is something I only recently learned a couple of years ago. And these people they put up, they actually select who they put up for these, a lot of them. Not all trainers, but some of them do. And then what the class is, high responders. Sorry, we're just looking at my friend's dog. He's literally, <laughs> I, I'm going to have to get a picture of him still like this after, hanging off the out, outdoor sofa. He's basking um, in the sun. Oh, he's slid off now. Okay, I'm losing what I was saying then. So yeah, you've got high responders, which basically they react well to, uh, to, a, diff, to a stimulus. So say, I've, I've had a few clients who are like that. Normally male, because testosterone and hormones played a massive impact on that or young females with regular menstrual cycles as well, and probably already a little bit lean anyway. Mm. Uh, so they've like lost body fat easily, gained muscle tissue easily, managed to change their lifestyles easily. And normally it's because they haven't got children. Uh, they're with their partner. The part- partner's very supportive of what they're doing. They're probably actually doing it with them. Yeah. They're normally the high responders I see, is that they can actually manage the lifestyle around it. Those who take longer, they still get results. It just takes longer. It's because they've got children, a very high demanding job. Yeah. Um, it could be, uh, you know, the running the business. I think I find people who run businesses are more stressed than usual, and stress has a huge impact on how quick you get results. So when clients, yeah. I get clients to question me, why are you so focused on my sleep and how I manage my stress? I'm mm-hmm. like, because if you don't nail them, you won't nail everything else. Yeah. And I've discovered this with running the business. If I'm stressed, I'm not my best. Mm. So I've had to learn to disperse when I have time off. I've had to learn to disperse when to have holiday. Yeah. Um, I've had to learn to ask for help when I've needed it. Off like yourself and mm. uh, my partner as well with like posts and, uh, yeah. you know, sometimes even just opinion on newsletters and that, that I write up. So, I do think with the stress as well, though, the other thing, 
talking about that is that how much doing a workout helps with that stress. Yeah, because sometimes it's too noticed, much as yeah, well. Like years ago when I did start doing mm. um, lifting and that in the gym. Yeah. You know, I could be in I could be in the worst mood ever on my way to the gym. Yeah. You know, maybe I'd had an argument with the kids in the morning yeah. before they went to school, and I'm feeling to, like you know, awful. Classic but, life example. Yeah. But you get into the, the gym and doing that for me just totally seems yeah. to sort of clear your mind, calm Absolutely. you down. Absolutely kind of put things a bit more into perspective Tra- training's dopamine isn't it, it yeah. releases dopamine now dopamine for those who don't know it's like your pleasure hormone like serotonin is as well mm. and what happens when people are again like i said about focus on fat loss constantly and you're constantly chasing pleasure it's a very it's a very human thing that is and that's why we tend our dopamine can be food quite a lot of the time it's not that we're addicted to sugar or addicted to specific things it's because we want that dopamine it's very mm. muted um I was listening to a podcast this morning um, for my, like, it's more like a business pod, uh, podcast to help enhance mine to learn and study. And he was saying how people who earn more money apparently become more muted with what pleasure is. Um, and he explained how they went to a fancy restaurant, expensive restaurant. Instead of taking the time enjoying the meal, which I would if I go to a restaurant and pay out, Absolutely, I want to enjoy yeah. the flavor. Yeah. And apparently they would just nail their food very quickly. And they haven't even enjoyed it because they haven't even acknowledged they've ate it. They're just there to meet with other people. Right, uh, but yeah. they're not appreciating what they're eating because that mm. dopamine response is so muted. Which is why, again, mental illness comes into play with that. People who are depressed or have anxiety um, struggle with dopamine. Like, yours is the gym, isn't it? Definitely I would for say, you. yeah. And mine is too. Yeah. You know, since growing up, Thai boxing was massively my dopamine. Mm. And another example of what I've done to our child is fat, actually just thinking about that, was I've, I have ex- exercised excessively to keep my body fat down. And this, I'm, I mean, if my mum listens to this, I don't want her to take this the wrong way, to not her fault or anything like that. But basically when I was in primary school, I was, I was a bit chubbier. And then as soon as I hit puberty and I started um, periods, my body fat just, I don't know what happened, but it's basically I didn't hardly have any because mm. I was very active as a child. I was quite lean. I was doing Thai boxing uh, once a week, but I was also doing PE three times a week. I'd practice Thai boxing at home because when I learnt, want to learn a skill, I will practice and practice. I'm not a natural. Hmm. But I started slowly seeing exercise as a way to keep fat off and eat what the hell I want and get away with it yeah. in a way. And basically, I was scared I was going to take after, genetically, my mum's side of the family who carry more excess body fat usually. And not understanding that my lifestyle's different to yeah. them. And that's what I was worried about. And it's nothing against them at all. It's just that's how I was thinking. Yeah. Whereas, you know, and I was scared of becoming like that. Not as in because of how they look, but because of health as well. You know, I didn't want to be like struggling to walk or be out of breath. I like being active. I like yeah. being an absolute weapon when it comes to martial arts. Um, I don't mean like, I'm, I think I'm the best. I mean, I, the best I can be. So I have done where I've done excessive exercise to try and keep body fat off and to lose it. Mm. Which another example is when I did half marathon training. <clears throat> so the first time I did it, didn't think anything about fat loss. I was actually just focused on trying to run a half marathon and finish it without dying. Um, <laughs> so first time doing it, I lost a lot of um, weight. But this is also, when I say weight, I lost muscle, muscle as well as fat. Yeah. I had no muscle on me. I looked horrendous um, because my diet was poor. I didn't have an understanding of what I was doing wrong. 
as much as I was teaching people how to implement their nutrition, I wasn't practicing what I was preaching. Doing yourself, yeah. Um, I remember tr- I said to you, I tried a dress on for a party. It was a very tight fitting dress. Now, normally about an eight to 10 usually. And I, I had to try size six on and even then it was too big on me. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, this is not good. Um, but then when I had gained body fat, it gives you a bit of a complex. So then when I did another half marathon, um, the second year, I thought, oh, I'll lose this body fat ease, what I've gained. Because obviously my lifestyle had changed between then and that half marathon. My eating went back to normal. My daily activity went back to normal. And I thought, oh, running's the only way to lose fat. Yeah. Which you said you've tried, haven't you, as well? Yeah, definitely. And I, I think a lot of people do that. I think it's their first sort of go-to Yeah, is to run. And you can tell, you know, you can sometimes tell the people who are like that. Because yeah. they are, like you say, they're quite yeah. sort of slim and... Yeah. You know, probably verging on the skinny, I guess, yeah. if you run and don't, yeah. like you say, there's, don't... there's no muscle tissue there. Yeah. Um, but yes, I've done that before. Yeah. Trying to do that to... But then I'm just going to say, um, talking about, like, you know, you trying on a dress and yeah. it being a bit tighter or whatever, I was just thinking about once upon a time, we did that, or rather I did that, and then I remember when we go to, went to the gym and you had the body tracks machine at yes. the gym. Yes, yes. And then... It kind of flipped it on its head because we used to get on the body tracks yeah. machine and then if we saw our weight go up we'd be like yes yeah like straight away thinking <laughs> we've, we've got some muscle on the game train <laughs> massive lads blimey how things change because i know it you know years mad. ago you'd get on the scales yeah. and think no I'd, i mean i'm not gonna lie same as you like i mean some people who know me know me or listen to my fat loss seminar last time when we were on zoom in lockdown uh, you know, I, I said, look, people might think, oh, you know, but of what you don't understand, what it's like. I have done where I've weighed myself constantly. Weighed myself oh, in the morning, done, yeah, yeah. yeah. Weighed myself after a meal. Weighed myself after going to the toilet. Yeah. And before bed and during period. And I didn't understand why my weight would fluctuate constantly every mm-hmm. day and through the day. Whereas yeah. now I understand that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't even own a pair of scales at home. The only time I weigh myself is probably yours in the garage, so I can I check. I was going to say, and yeah, they've yeah. been abandoned to the garage yeah. for a reason, so they're uh, not around the enough. house. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or at the gym. And then the only reason I weigh myself now is because I want to know what calories I need for my body and yeah. protein. That's simply it why I weigh myself. Yeah. Uh, just from a nutritional point of view and a performance point of view, mm. not a fat loss point of view. Well, that's what we used to do, didn't we? Going on the body tracks machine. Yeah. I mean, I must admit there was there was possibly a, po- a part of me that could have got a bit obsessed with the body yeah. fat percentage. Oh yeah, exactly the same as... Thinking, well, even yeah. though I didn't look any different, it's like, oh, well, you know, two weeks ago, my body fat percentage yeah. was 18 and now it's over 20. And it's not until you go, well, that's 2% for God's yeah. sake. And also with but the body like... tracks. I mean, I prefer it to... Sorry, there's a fly buzzing around my but head. But yeah, then how, how accurate is that even? Um, with that, it depends on the day. So it does an... Imp- I think it's called an impedance test, which sends a safe electrical current uh, through you. And the idea is the more hydrated and the more muscle you have, the faster it travels through you. So that's how it picks up of what your percentage you are. So if you're quite dehydrated, I don't know. I think it, I can't remember if it goes up or down. I think it, I think technically it pulls you come out as if you more carry more body fat. So that's why yeah. I just say to clients, do it before your workouts. Yes, and be hydrated. Done, yeah, I think I've done it both yeah. before and after, and the results were completely different. Yeah, we, we yeah, I was just about to say that. Actually. Yeah. yeah, both me and Kate have done that out of experimentation to see how, and it was quite vastly different, wasn't it? Yeah. Because your muscles are pumped up as well. Yep. So I think it went down after the workout because we were pumped up and hydrating during the workout, actually. So I think our yes. body fat went down yep. afterwards. Um, and because the muscle was pumped up full of blood, it must have passed through easier. But I think, it claims it's in a 4% accuracy, but I don't think it is. 
Mm. I've got clients who've done the bod pod at Keele University. I don't they still do it or not because of social distancing. It's a bit similar to a Dexter, a Dexter, a Dexa test, which mm. is normally for bone checking for bone conditions like osteoporosis. Uh, but people now use it for body compositions. And I think it was like way out for a client. They went, they, according to the body tracks, they were like something like 20% body fat. They did, and you could clearly see they weren't 20%, they were lower. They're male, by the way, if you're wondering. Mm. Um, and I think he came out, he was something like 13, 14%. Oh, okay. So it was a lot more accurate. So presumably those scale things you can buy. Yeah. Just the ones you can stand on yeah. that allegedly. And they only travel so far through you as well. Yeah, so, surely they don't go all the way around. Well, yeah, they so go from one foot all the way around yeah. and come down the other side. Yeah, exactly. That's why if you see the ones in the gym, they have one for the upper body and the lower body yeah. to get as close as they can. You could use it as a figure. I wouldn't say, I would say take it with a pinch of salt. And mm. if you see it going down, your body fat, good sign. You see it going up and up and up, like yeah. gradually, then yeah, you can use it to measure as a figure, a starting point, should we say, and do it that way. Yeah. I'm trying to think of anything else that I've actually tried, but that might be it for me. Um, yeah, I'm not really... I think I've done the cutting carbs thing like you've done. I've, well, I cut bread yeah. out, that was it. Yeah. Um, but then I think back, I didn't really eat that much bread because people go, oh, I ate a lot of bread. That's what makes me fat. And it's like, it's not specifically the food. It's, no. your, ca- it's your energy in. You've obviously cut calories down by yeah. reducing that. I mean, I did that. You know, I'd, you know you'd still have a bacon sandwich yeah. but I'll just eat a plate of bacon yeah. and not have the, but eventually you, repli- you replace or, that calorie with yeah. something else because or spaghetti bolognese and yeah. I just won't have the pasta yeah. I'll just have a bowl of bolognese or something then you like might that. make up for it and have more bolognese so you have the, almost the same calories yeah. so it doesn't exactly. make a difference Yeah. Uh, have you got anything else you've tried Kate? Was that every- I think that's probably yeah. everything I have that I can think of so guys yes. we've actually got a Q&A so uh, some people sent some in because I messaged a couple of people about see they've got any questions for our first one Okay. So Kate's just going to bring them up for me and we'll answer some of them as we go. I'll try not to get triggered. Uh-huh. <laughs> right. Do you, to, do you want me to do all of them? Um, we'll see. Oh, we can, we can spin through them. Yeah, go on. We'll see how many. many we get through within the time. So, how do you assess new clients? How do, do you offer nutritional advice? Okay, so assessing new clients. Uh, most of you know I do like a consultation. So I'd rather have a chat with if I can or if not able to, I'll do a full questionnaire with you to try and get as much information as possible. I'm always assessing what's your starting point because everyone's starting point's different. Some people, it might be they're already tracking calories, for example, but it might not be the right amount they're having for them based on their activity, so I might adjust that. Some people have never, ever tracked or wrote a food diary in their life. So the first thing I'm going to say is, do you want to track or write a food diary? It depends mm. on the person. They hate technology or feel like they're not comfortable with the idea of tracking calories because first time doing it is time consuming but once you've got the hang of it, it's a lot quicker because you saves all your food and there saves your recipes that you add in then i'll get them to write a food diary now some of a bit iffy even doing that sometimes but i'm like well we have to measure something you know it's not for the long term it's just to see are you over consuming and straight away when people write food diaries or track they will already have less than they usually have yeah because they're putting more thought on what's going you're on. You're just more conscious of what you're yeah. actually eating or why you're... Yeah, they're not right. going to go to the fridge and mindlessly grab something just because. They're actually going to stop and think, well, actually, I've got rather in there. Yeah. So do I actually want that? That's the whole point of the diary. It creates mm. a bit of friction. Um, so that's one thing I look at. I look at where what experience of fitness they have had. So whether they've been in the gym, trained at home, done classes. It might be for the first time 
during lockdown they decided to do online zoom classes so that might be all they've ever done mm-hmm. so i base on what where their starting point is with that what they've done before and what they've enjoyed so i make sure i add that into the plan because the whole point is if i put things and they hate say i give a client uh, i want them to run three times a week and they hate running they're not going to do that forever. They will at first because, like, oh, this PT knows her stuff. I'm going to do what she's told me to do. But they might only do two times a week or one time a week because they hate it. If they hate it, they're not going to. Yeah. And it. then they feel like a failure mm. because they've not done what I've asked them to do. And I've learned over the years, I've got to find what they can consistently do. So the other thing I'll assess is how much free time have you got to add your training in? Two hours a week. Right. I just want you to do one hour one day, one hour the other. And they're quite shocked when I say that to them. Because I go, well, where do I burn my calories? That's not a lot. And I'd be like, well, in a gym, you don't burn a lot. No. You're only in there for one hour. What about the rest of the Everything time during the day? Yeah. So the other thing I'll assess is what their daily life is like. So if you say it's a busy mum with young children at home, I know she's going to be whacking out 10,000 steps a day mm. uh, easily without trying because that's part of their lifestyle. It could be that they commute a lot walking already, so I don't need to touch their activity. But if it's a desk worker, barely hitting 2,000 steps a day, one client had messaged us more and said, I just want you to aim over 2,000 steps a day as your first goal. So I never say, right, I want you to do 10,000 right now because it's not achievable. So what I mostly assess is what is achievable for that person because there's nothing worse than setting up someone to fail. That's like me being set up for my black belt now for kickboxing. Yeah. But I know there's no way I'd pass that well right now. Yeah. I don't think I'd even pass, actually. Yeah. Because I've not trained for it. I've not worked up to it. So martial arts do that very similar. They set your belts out. And if they're a good instructor, because there is some who fast-track you through, I'm not going to lie, but some of the PTs, they might fast-track you through, mm. you know, like push you ahead of what you know already. So, say my instructor, he's very strict. He will only put you through when you're ready. He will only progress you when you're ready. And that's exactly what I do with my clients. I'll progress you on. So say, for example, we just look at the food intake, the calorie in. Then after we've nailed that, then I'll look at your protein intake. I guess it's the same with food, isn't it? Yeah. So if if you've got someone who is used to a very highly processed, very calorific diet, trying to say to them, right, well, okay, for the next few weeks, you're only going to eat chicken and broccoli. Yeah, for example, it's, happen, it's too advanced, it? and also yeah. it's boring, and I wouldn't do that either. No. <laughs> I wouldn't, and well, that's I'm, what people tend to think, yeah. I think, sometimes, what a PT will do. Sadly, whereas... because it's happened so yeah. much. I've actually had a client come up to me with a printed A4 piece of paper of that diet. It's basically, and I said to him, no offence, but said, that is basically your PT, ex-PT's diet. They've basically, basically carbon yeah. copied. Mm. And I said, and also, they are not allowed to subscribe you a diet plan. Are they a yeah. dietitian? Have you seen their credentials? All we're allowed to do is give you calorie targets, meal suggestions. We can uh, put up recipes. We're allowed to do that. Mm-hmm. But we're teaching you how to do your own meal plan. How to work it out yourself. You know, why tell... I mean, some people are like, I like being told what to do. But then what do you do when you haven't got that person there to tell yeah. you what to do? Mm-hmm. Now, I know it sounds fingy, but a successful PT has clients who leave them because they can do it. Yeah. I had a client, actually, it was really nice to hear, and she was a bit iffy saying she's going to leave me. Mm-hmm. And I said, I think you're ready, yeah. personally. I said, just come to if you need a plan. Just come message me if you need any help mm-hmm. or you just need a kickstart for like, something when you go away. I remember you saying that to me. You were like, you can go in the gym and do your workouts yourself you now. Yeah, you could. <laughs> Same you could easily write. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. It has to yeah, get to that point. You know what you're doing and how to do it. That's like learning to drive, isn't it? It's like saying, I just want to be instructor all the time to tell me what to do. 
Yeah, exactly. I mean, nutrition. You wouldn't pass your test and then come back a few months later and say, I need to do yeah, it again. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, um, I was going to say something about nutrition. I've gone brain dead. He'll <laughs> come back to me in a bit. I think I was just about to say with nutrition, like, you know, again, I want people to learn about nutrition. I want people to understand it. We eat every day for survival and because of pleasure mm-hmm. and for training. So why not learn about it? Absolutely. And I think the reason is because it's not sexy. It is, it's boring to people. I love it personally. I mean, I wouldn't be in this uh, business else. Mm. But some people find it boring because it's not sexy like a, the sexy pineapple diet. That's actually what it's called. <laughs> Um, yeah. or the ketone diet or the paleo diet yeah. it sounds exciting it sounds sounds different sounds a stone in three weeks yeah exactly <laughs> don't get me started um <laughs> but this is what i'm saying whereas like when i tell people when people go to me how do i lose fat nuts what's the best diet and when i tell them it's basically down to your intake your energy out your sleep your stress levels your daily activity, they're like, oh, it's too much hard work. I'm like, but that's in your lifestyle. You yeah. can implement that into your mm. life. It's just because it sounds too much because it's not your habit right now. Trying mm. to change someone's habit is really hard because humans, we are creatures of habit. We hate change. Some work well and are happy to push through change. I am. I mean, as much as I don't like change, I will challenge myself to do it because I enjoyed the challenge. Mm. That's how I see it. Don't they say it takes takes so it's long to change a habit yeah to, it's to be- stop a habit or change uh, a habit between, or introduce a new one depends on the person again very individual when i've looked at uh, the, the course i'm doing at the moment I actually said it's between 18 days to over 300 300 days top of my head i haven't got the wow. exact figure for the top one that's a lot isn't it? yeah and that's what i'm saying about the high responders they will probably change within 18 days probably the yeah. ones who've got like busy family lives full-time job they are not paid athletes realistically you would take a long time to change those habits mm. but people aren't patient enough because the expectations now are high of like transforming yourself within 12 weeks not a lifetime mm. any more questions <laughs> what motivated you in life to become a personal trainer right so most probably don't know this i actually want to be a firefighter so you're like well how does that fit in basically mm-hmm. when i want to be a firefighter i took careers advice that's while I'm waiting to apply is to work with the public. So I became a lifeguard. Typically there's a wasp outside attacking us. Mm. Um, so like Kate's just, just, like, it, just watching Kate waft away this wasp. <laughs> um, so I worked with the public uh, by being a lifeguard. And then I was offered to do a course for free to do my level two fitness instructor course. I really enjoyed it. I loved learning, loved doing about the anatomy, how the body works. I liked I like exercise and training anyway, which is normally the common answer you hear from a PT. Oh, I like, I like training, so I became a PT. But what I get out of it, when I started um, working at Jubilee, where I used to work as a, as a level two fitness instructor, which is the first qualification you have to get, is I enjoyed writing programs for people and coming up to me later saying, I really love this plan, that, and I like everything you've taught me. And look at the results I'm getting, you know, mm-hmm. seeing how happy that person was. That's what I liked. It's like when I bake, yes, I'm a P2 baked. Mm-hmm. When I give someone uh, a baked good and they message me that they really enjoyed that, that's what I get from it. I, I actually genuinely like that. Yeah. It's like someone messaged me the other day saying, I've nailed my protein and sent me a screenshot. I'm like, yes, you know, clappy hands. You know, that's, that's how I am. When I was a swimming teacher for a bit, you know, I was more excited than the parents when the kid did the first whip without any armbands. I think yeah, they thought yeah. I was psychotic how excited I got. But I generally thrive off people doing well so when I became a PT and I got offered to do my PT course under funding and straight away I got stuck in there 
I mean, my client I had to work with. I had to work with a live client uh, for free. So she got three sessions a week for 12 weeks for free. How ace, How lucky mm. was she to land on that? Yeah. And she dropped like two dress sizes. I mean, the fact she's seen me three times a week, I think helped as well. Not because of the session itself, but because she knew she was accountable to me. And yeah. she's seen me that often. You know, we were talking about nutrition, you know, experiment with all that. We, we covered everything and she did really well from it. And, you know, and I just enjoyed seeing how happy that made her. Uh, but even then, when I was a qualified PT, I started to learn because the thing with the fitness industry, it's constantly evolving, constantly changing. Research is constantly changing. So in the end, that's why I decided to stay as a PT in the end, instead of a firefighter. And also what stopped me as well, a couple of years ago, they were recruiting full time for the first time in years. Because I have applied in the past, but I kept failing on my maths. Uh, <laughs> most of you know I can't count. If you have PT <laughs> session with me, I cannot count reps. I can watch technique, and and that's normally why I forget to what, forget what number you're on because I'm looking at your form and I've t- told you to change something, or it's on my mind what to do in your next set. Mm. I'm already thinking ahead. That's why I lose count. Um, so, but I dislocated my kneecap that year, so there's no way I could apply. It stopped me, but maybe that happened for a reason. Maybe that happened yeah. because a year later, or it might have been two years later, I got thrown a bone basically by my manager and said, you, we'll, we'll allow you to go part-time now because the borough council wouldn't let me, but the company Freedom did. They let me drop my hours slightly to help me build up my business. And since from then, it's just, it's gone mad. It just blew up. And I was thinking I was going to be like contracted as a fitness instructor and work as a PT for at least two to three years before I went self-employed. So April last year to November last year, and I gradually dropped my hours to zero mm-hmm. because I was like, this is what I want to do. Yeah, it was, I, it was before, yeah. just before Christmas, wasn't it, when yeah. you finally made that decision? It to... was scary, but I just took the leaf up. Yeah. Effie, so let's just do it and see yeah. what happens. But, you know, I've got awesome clients to work with. You know, you're always referring me. Um, you know, I can't, if it weren't for you guys, I wouldn't be where I am now. And because okay. of this, I'm doing pretty much what I enjoy doing. Yeah. I'm obsessed with it. <laughs> and I'll be honest, that's part, uh, that does play a part in why I decided to now yeah. <laughs> qualify as a personal yeah. trainer. I mean, I originally, the first thing I ever wanted to do at school was physiotherapy. Yeah. You know, I liked, I did human biology and I liked doing all that sort of stuff. Yeah. And for whatever reason, for one reason or another, careers wise, crap as it was then. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was kind of put off it. So I ended up training and qualifying as a lawyer and working as that. Yeah. Which. You get that sense of achievement. But yeah, I was going to say. It's a bit of a thankless task and it's yeah. stressful. But anyway, you know, moving up here meant leaving my job that I was in for 15 years. Yeah. Um, and while I wasn't working, that's when I thought, oh, I'm going to join the gym. Yeah. Um, obviously got into the training and all of that. Really, really enjoyed doing it. Yeah. Um, and then obviously moving on from that, training with you, and then, you know, seeing you build up your business you know and helping you do that yeah. it's like yeah this is quite yeah. good I could I could get into that and then you know and like seeing you and the way you are with your clients you know you just have that thing with your clients yeah that is just yeah it's a special bond you kind of big each other up you know <laughs> well it is actually, yeah isn't it it it's is like you know gone are the days when your personal trainer was something that you only you just see him once we can see you later and you just, yeah, yeah exactly as Go well in there um it's so different now. It, James Smith said a glorified towel holder yeah. and you just wander around and, yeah. you know, whereas you're more, you know, you focus more on... It's the lifestyle now, just yeah. the exercises, yeah. get on and do them, but you're actually bettering people, giving yeah. them the skills. And I just think that's, yeah. 
it's 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 awesome you feel like a teacher more than a pt sometimes which i like that yeah or a mentor or yeah something. yeah yeah it is very mental like because it is on we are becoming slowly more life coaches pts are yeah because we re- well with everything we've realized now people need to understand what sleep is people need to understand yes. about nutrition need to understand about life balance so when i get clients to go why are we not just talking about the exercise because it's much more than that mm. health and fitness is much more than that yeah well like you know you and i doing the um using that app in the in the garage today yeah. during our workout you yes know, and, concentrating on how we're doing it and then that you can get properly into it and focus yeah. on how you're doing it makes it, it enjoyable it. yeah yeah i mean i really enjoy that session we basically work through squats of improving the form and we're using that where basically you see the alignment i know some people might be like i just want to lose fat i get that but why not learn to lift heavy and lift learn to lift heavy and do it well and enjoy yeah. it because i've actually got clients right now who they've first time lifting the gym now and basically I set them goals to lift a certain weight by the end of the month and they love it they're like this is so motivating because they've got a plan they can see a goal and they're like I actually like this more so than classes or I like it more than swimming yeah. I'm not saying don't go them and it's especially just, when it gives you other benefits yeah. as well other than just fat loss or whatever absolutely you've still got all your other things yeah. that you bring in there yeah um, you know any more questions, Kate? Any more today? Questions? We've got time probably for two more, I reckon. Okay. We can save some for the next one. Where are we? Right, okay. Have you a rough guide on timeframes for certain goals? Right, so timeframes. I did a post on... on yeah, it's individual. I, I did this the other day. I actually set up like uh, on Facebook last week and Instagram about how to set up your goals. What people tend to do, um, because again, expectation, what you see on television, on advertising, Michael Lasley, um, <laughs> is to lose, a, say, a set amount of weight in a certain time. It's normally what most clients try to do. And they'll, they try to go too high with it. I don't get me wrong, I'm all for high expectations. But sometimes, depending on your lifestyle and depending on what sort of person you are and where you're about, you are, your age, everything, all, you know, take into account. When people say I want to lose a, a stone in, say, three weeks, it's quite a short amount of time, say, for example. It's not realistic. So when I get clients going, why have you only given me to lose three pounds in a month? I'm like, because I know you'll do that. Yeah. I know that's achievable. Or lose an inch around their hips or their waist or something. Or if someone's trying to lift heavier, they've got strength goals alongside their body composition goals. So body compositions as in fat loss um, and muscle gain or vice versa um, that's why say for example strength say they've been lifting say they leg press 40k and I say right by the end of the month I want you to be able to leg press three sets of 10 at 50k because that's an achievable goal Yeah. and if you achieve more than that bonus but you've got to at least aim for that minimum you know it's like say for years now but it's motivating yeah. then isn't it if you can, if you yeah. can reach a goal yeah I you can, you fairly can, easily, but with a bit of challenge there, it's got to be challenging as well. Bit, yeah, yeah. then it kind of motivates you to think, right, where's the next yeah. goal? Where's the next one? And that's what you do. It's all about short-term goals. So mm. you have your long-term goal. So it might be you want to drop two dress sizes within a year. That's reasonable, I'd say. Yeah. Um, and then from there, you'll set up mini goals in between, which is your short-term goals, which is what I set out to all my clients. I'm like, right, what's your short-term goals? I've got clients now sending in their goals, to say for Christmas now. I know I can't have said the C word, but from now till Christmas, I want clients thinking of that. Um, I'm hopefully be setting up a challenge mid-October to get people, you know, excited to go for these results. Because if I, if you set up, like say again, like you just said, something unachievable, you're just going to give up and think, F this and go completely off plan. Yeah, yeah. Short term 
achievable goals keep you on plan. So the whole point is set your long-term goal, then set up your short-term goals to lead you to that. And that's Mm. what a PT teaches you. When people say to me, why do you give so much free information? I'm like, the information's out there. People pay for me to implement it for them. People pay for me to be accountable, someone to be accountable to Mm. about it and set a plan up for them. Because they might not know how to set that plan up. So that, if that, I, I guess it depends with like time frame. It depends where you're at already. Yeah. But I would say definitely always agree what your goal would be in a year and can you sustain it and what, and then from there you can set up your short term goals. But I think even if you have set up a goal and on your way to it or you fail to achieve it, you will probably still find quite a lot of positives and achievements yeah. on the way it's so like whilst a, you might not have reached yeah. the ultimate goal yet or in the time frame you can probably still list absolutely several that you've still hit on the way it's like for example if you do a chore list at home or i do like um i set up myself three goals a week to work on so one could be train three times a week uh, one could be listen to some educational podcasts which normally i set myself to at least listen to two Mm-hmm. So whether it's to do with business or to do with training or nutrition, I listen to something like that to keep my knowledge up to date. I prefer podcasting because I could do it while I'm walking on the go. And the other goal is normally to walk every morning at least five days a week before starting work or say this morning, um, just to continue to do it even though I'm off work at the moment as well. Mm-hmm. So it's like I say, even those little things, it's nice to just tick it off. Yeah, people love ticking off things like it's like do. a chore list. If you put too many chores on one day, you're peed off. You haven't done it all. Like yesterday, I thought I want to at least go for my run with mates. I want to clean the inside of my car out and go for a walk with my missus. And I did all that, and I felt yeah. I'd done some, I achieved that for the day. Yeah, and that's with, yeah. I think yeah. with the with the little girls, like if I turn around yeah. and say, okay, well, I'm gonna. I'm going to do all the housework yeah. in the house now. Yeah, I've in one a, day. Yeah, say. now I've got a three-story house. Yeah. So that unless I dedicate my whole day to doing yeah. that, it won't happen. And you don't want to However, do that. You've got a life. Yeah, but if I've just done the, the bottom floor and the middle floor, yeah. they're still an achievement. And then think, I'll do the other one another I'll day. Achievable, another day. tick it off. Yeah. So I hope that's answered that question anyway. Yeah. You got another one for me, Kate? I've got time for another one, yeah. Anyone you want in particular? Just pick one randomly, go yeah. for it. Come out of it. Okay. Right. My back's getting hot. How will you track my progress? Yeah, I'm catching the sun here i think how will you track my progress okay so while me and kate going to lobsters um tracking (laughs) progress so again depends on your goal so say for weight loss what i'd say to females this is particularly important for females to understand this female fat loss male fat loss or weight loss is totally different because male fat loss is so linear it's unreal (laughs) especially the young and they Mm. haven't got children they will see fat loss so steadily they'll still go up and down a bit but say you wrote, a, you did a graph, they probably get a bit more of a curve than a female. A female will go up and down, up and down. Think like a, what's the way to put it? Like say, think of mountains going up and down. Yeah. <laughs> kind of looks like that for females because our hormones are different to males. So when we're, say, coming on to time month, um, our hormones tend to cause us to have store extra cellular fluid. So we're heavier on the scale. Our clothes might actually feel tighter. Our measurements are going to come out differently. If you are PCO, uh, PCOS, is that right? Yeah. Um, again, you've got to learn how to track what your cycle roughly is. Again, that mm-hmm. can affect your fat loss uh, results and tracking yeah. it as well. Menopausal. And then menopausal, exactly the same again, because it, different, with menopausal, you store more body fat around the stomach. Not put weight on, but you just store it more around the midsection. Because 
basically definitely what I've noticed yeah well when you're losing estrogen from your body yeah. so instead of going to the muscles which is normally what estrogen helps to helps to send the signals to do it's not as strong that signal anymore because basically you're coming to the end of being able to reproduce children because that's that's just part of nature for women yeah. Now, the reason I'm saying this is because weight will fluctuate every single week. So what I'm saying to girls, particularly who have still got regular cycles, is do not compare your week one, which is the week you start bleeding, to the week after, or the week after that, or the fourth week, or if you're every five weeks or the fifth week. You probably need at least two cycles, not so, mu- not so much months, because it's different for every female, yeah. but probably two months worth of data weekly. Because yeah. then you compare your week one with the next week one. The week two with the next week two. Week three, week three. Mm. Week four, week four. If you're week five, then week five, week five. Because sad, we've been told as well that all females have a regular cycle every four weeks, which is not the case. Even mine can go out depending on stress. So it's changing your life because mm. of fat loss, because of weight gain. And there's so many discrepancies and factors that can happen into that. Yeah. And even so with menopause or women, it's worth... I'd say now, if you are having regular cycles or PCOS or menopause, learn your freaking cycle. I wish I was oh, taught this yeah, years yeah. ago. Same here. Yeah. I think it's made all the difference. There's there free apps out really, there yeah. Yeah, to do it. I've got on my Garmin one. It tracks mine. Uh, put in your symptoms as well. Because if you learn mm. to understand that, you can learn when to drop your calories lower for fat loss and when to maybe go to maintenance on those weeks where you're hungrier, which is yeah. absolutely natural. It's not going to get people going, I like food too much. I'm like, you're human, you're meant to like food too yeah. much. It's, mm-hmm. our, it's a very strong drive, hunger. And, you know, for humans, people think that's a bad thing. It's not. It's built in us to have a drive to eat and have sex. That's basically, mm-hmm. you know, how our, our human nature, because it's for survival, you yeah. know, to, uh, to, to reproduce and to eat to live. And people seem to put that into a negative output. Like sex is taboo to talk about. Eating food is a bad thing. You know, you shouldn't eat that. You'll get fat. You know, we're, oh, what is it? A minute on the lips is a lifetime, a lifetime on the hips. On the I freaking hate that saying. Oh, oh, it really triggers me. <laughs> um, so when it comes to, like I said to you, um, tracking progress. your progress, women particularly, you can't compare each week. No. You need to get some... Like I say, get some data on that. Then once you've established that, you can pick your best week to do yeah. every month. Well, we do, do that, that don't we? Because there's a time when you're when you're lifting in the gym or something, and you realise, oh, hang on a minute, you know, last week this was this was easy. Why am I struggling this week? Yeah. Um, and the same, yeah, like you say, the same with cutting calories. If you're in a calorie deficit, it's harder on some weeks than it is others. Absolutely. So, yeah, week one to week one, week two to week two is easier. So that's all we've got time for today. Be coin on the podcast. So any questions you guys have, always send them in because we'll do a Q&A at the end. Or any subjects you want me to bring up for the next podcast, let me know. So I'll be doing these weekly. Sometimes with Kate and sometimes on my own. Uh, if you hear the doggy in the background, that's Bailey. He's telling someone off. I think yeah, I think the birds are winding him up. Oh, bless him. <laughs> so I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. Always happy to hear your feedback. Uh, Bailey's saying bye as well. And uh, I say look forward to the next one. Bye.